Recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's on the field running two a day, so he won't drop the ball when it's through his way. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I keep telling you that, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it's going to get a lot less weak because we're going to tell you about a trip, a trip I took to Phoenix, Arizona and the dig. We're going to have some tales from the dig because I went there. I went to a big city dig and I fought with dudes there to find stuff. We'll talk about it. And then we're going to talk about a movie I saw called The Bronze. That was fun. We're going to, um, we got a T-R-O-Y about our man Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest. It's a good show all around. I'm happy to be back up here on the Jupiter Station. Happy to be in familiar surroundings with my main man, Iceberg 13. Yo, Iceberg, dude. What's poppin'? What's been going on since I left? Not much. Were you gone? I did not notice. You didn't notice that you were the only dude up here for like a week? No. You don't mind being by yourself for like all that time or anything? Seems kind of weird, kind of lonely. No, I do not. All right, dude, that's fine. Be weird about it. Uh, what's going on, though? I mean, what have you been doing since I left? Anything, uh, anything new in the works, I suppose? I don't know. Well, it has come to my attention that I am not being paid extra for my DJ work. Why would you get paid extra for uh, your DJ skills? I mean, essentially, when we're doing the show, we're basically slacking off. We should be cleaning the tower, but we're not. If the boss found out, he, he could fire us. I don't know why you think... I don't know why you think you would get paid extra for something like that. Does that seem right to you? Yeah, kinda. I mean, you're a good DJ, but like I said a second ago, uh, DJing's not your job. Your job is clean and vince, and we're just like, I don't know. We should be doing that right now, but instead we're doing this. Perhaps I need to talk to someone about this. Perhaps a lawyer or an agent, maybe. If you want to, dude, go get an agent. You know, knock yourself out. I don't care. We gotta get moving on with the show, though, dude. Do you have a new song or what? I heard uh, heard somebody said you were working on something when I was gone. I do have a new song. I worked it up with that girl, Melissa, who works over in the other pod. Melissa? What? I thought you said that you were all by yourself, dude. I never said I was alone. I just said that I didn't notice that you were not here. Alright, man, let's hear it. Just go on, just kick it, I guess. Alright, party people in the place to be. This is me, Iceberg13, and this one goes out to all the dudes who got smoked in that big Batman-Superman fight from the other week. I'll pour out a little for you. Then your beef is mine. So long as the sun shines to light up the sky, we in this together, son, your beef is mine. This is the Toys R Us report. We living up in luxury, pushing fat whips and living comfortably. 
that much is true if you consider a uh, moon rover to be a fat whip, but we are living comfortably up here on the Jupiter station, but this week we suffered a major loss. We lost a true hip-hop legend, Malik Taylor, aka Fife Dog from a tribe called Quest. Um, I'm a giant hip-hop head, especially the 90s, late 80s, early 90s kind of stuff, and... If you are into any of that sort of music, then you definitely bumped Tribe Called Quest. There's kind of this saying that the best music stands on its own. It doesn't need for you to explain to other people how good it is. And Tribe Called Quest was one of the few musical acts in rap that could really stand on their own. You did not need to explain it. They... If you were a rap fan, you kind of spent a lot of your time trying to defend hip-hop music to other people, and we were lucky enough to have a group called The Tribe Called Quest that they could stand on their own. You didn't need to tell anybody what it was. The music was good enough that if somebody heard it, it was impossible not to know that it was quality. A Tribe Called Quest was made up of... Five Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, the DJ, they were from uh, the East Coast, they were from New York, and they were a member of the Native Tongues family, along with De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, and to a lesser extent, the Beat Nuts and some other groups. Fife was only 45 when he passed away. The dude, the dude was a diabetic. We knew this for a long time. In one of his early rhymes, he's like, when was the last time you heard of Funky Diabetic? And... As far as I know, I never did, uh, except for, you know, except for good old Fife. The thing about Tribe Called Quest that gave them a great dynamic was that on one hand, you had Q-Tip, and the guy has a fantastic voice. He is an incredible talent. He's a great writer. He's a great rapper. He has movie star qualities. The dude's fantastic. You could never, you could never aspire to be Q-Tip, but then on the other hand, you had Fife Dog. Fife was small. He was sickly. I don't want to say sickly. That's not the right thing to say about the dude. But he was small. You know, he was he was ailed with his diabetes. But he could kick it hard. And he was the everyman of the group. You know, you could never you could never be Q-Tip. But you could maybe be you could maybe be Fife Dog. And that really like it brought the group down to earth. At some points, it felt like they were so high above everyone else when they recorded a low end theory or Midnight Marauder. They were Marauders. They were really on another level. And the group as a whole was just transcendent, but Fife Dog was so down to earth, he was the one that you could aspire to be. You could put yourself in his shoes. His talents were always overshadowed by Q-Tip. Q-Tip was the man. There were periods of time where Q-Tip was the best in the game. And Fife Dog was no joke. Fife Dog was a great MC, but he was overshadowed by being with this supreme talent. I One time I said something, and I've really regretted it ever since, even though he would never know I said it. He would never have an inkling. I was talking to somebody about this group, Black Star. Black Star was made up of Most Def and Talib Kweli, who both went on to have a lot of success uh, as individual stars. And I said, Black Star is really great. Both of them are Q-Tip. You don't have a Fife Dog in the bunch. And as soon as I said it, I felt bad. I know the Fife Dog would never, he would never know that I said it, but I just felt bad for disparaging somebody who is as talented as he is. And I, I've carried this weight with me. It's not a heavy weight, but it, it was an awfully pretentious thing to say, and I regret it. And when we were in Arizona... I saw on Facebook, my man Lex Ice was the first one who posted it. He posted that Fife Dog had passed. And it really, it really hit me on the inside. Because A Tribe Called Quest is 
maybe one of four or five groups in the entire realm of hip-hop that can stand on their own. I love hip-hop, but hip-hop is genre music. It's genre music for genre fans, and there aren't a lot of people that can stand on their own. You know, there's Run DMC, Tribe Called Quest, the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, LL Cool J, guys like that who have transcendent abilities that can make it pop while also being themselves. When I say pop, I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, you know, they can make it to the mainstream while still kicking it real. And Tribe was one of those few people. I think that it doesn't matter, but they definitely should be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's kind of this logjam of rap groups that all need to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I feel like this logjam cannot be cleared unless you put A Tribe Called Quest in there. And A Tribe Called Quest would not be what it was without Fife Dog. Fife Dog... Fife Dog was great. There is no fronting. At the time, I might not have recognized his skills. But the dude was a very good writer. He was a very good MC. He had great lyrics. He had great flow. He had it all. And I'm sad to see him go so so young in life. The dude should still be with us. He should still be vibrant. Tribe Called Quest is broken up. And there was always hope that maybe they would get back together and record another record. But with Fife gone... The hope of that is past, and that's very sad. So, Fife Dog, they reminisce over you. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper... But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Nice and shine. She was the star of the 2004 games. You lead such a glamorous life. Uh, Have you thought about working at the gym? I'm a star. I was on Dancing with the Stars, not Dancing with the Coaches. Hey, Hope. Twitchy. You look different. Oh, really? (laughs) But that's still there, so now I see it. Is it true that you taped down your breasts? Who told you that? Far from the bar? No. Stacy from Quizno? God, stop. The Bronze, rated R. Opens March 18th, only in theaters. Before we get too far into this review, I have to admit that I am smitten by Melissa Rauch, the star of this film. I think that she's great. I enjoy her as Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. I think she's adorable. I think she's talented. I believe she can do a lot of great things, and I don't know... If uh, The Bronze is one of them, she wrote it, she starred in it, she uh, put up all the money herself, as I understand it, and as of right now, it is not doing so great over on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's standing in the 30%. The audiences have it at 60, so it's certified fresh in that sense, I guess the critics don't like it, but the people do. The story is of Hope Gregory, a washed-up Olympic gymnast. I don't want to say washed-up because she could still be out there, but during the games, she broke her ankle, and that ended her career. But ever since then, she's been mooching off her fame. She goes around. People give her stuff. She's the most popular, most successful thing in her hometown in Ohio. But she is also a complete and total jerk. She has absolutely zero redeeming qualities. She has, she has the pottiest potty mouth I have heard in quite a long time. Some of the stuff that comes out of her is just 
Whew, just bananas. But that's not a bad thing. That's the only thing the movie really has going for it is that Melissa Rouch as Hope Gregory is kind of a hilarious character. I don't know. She wears these oversized aviator sunglasses and just swears like a sailor through the entirety of the flick. The plot is that uh, there's a new gymnast in town and her and Hope share a coach. They have the same coach and this uh this trainer goes and commits suicide and she leaves a note for hope saying i don't think you are getting all that you can out of your life you deserve more and i want you to come and i want you to train this girl and if she makes it all the way through the olympics with you as her coach i will give you fifty thousand dollars in a did i say 50 i meant five hundred thousand dollars in an inheritance so hope has no choice she gets a lot of free things from local merchants but she is a bit cash poor so she does it at first she's like i'm gonna tank it i'm gonna tank this girl because i don't want her overshadowing me but eventually you know she comes she sees the light they go to the olympics and a lot of funny things happen i don't know i thought it was funny this was not by any means the greatest movie of all time. It was not all that awesome, but I did enjoy it. I was laughing about it still even a few days after. Some of the stuff she said, which I cannot repeat here, really did stick in my head. I don't know. There are just a lot of weird zingers in it. I can't, I can't recommend you go see it. It's just not that kind of thing that you need to go spend your money on. And I feel bad for, uh, I feel bad for Melissa Rouch having invested it with something that is just not returning anything to her, but... I don't know, I just cannot, I cannot tell you to go see this in a, in a good conscience. I don't know, I enjoyed it, you might enjoy it too. If you see it on, if you see it on Cinemax or maybe even on demand, you might want to take a shot, I don't know, it's up to you. If you like really small girls who swear a lot and wear big sunglasses and track suits, this might be the movie for you. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give it like... Three mics on the source meter, meaning it has some good parts, but overall, it's not the best thing in the world, but you might like it. I don't know. Uh, so, with all that said, we're going to move into the main event of the show, where I am going to tell you all about what happened at the Phoenix Dig. <laughs> Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. Yo, Dingleberry, you want it, you got it. More tales from the dig, a.k.a. Dig Life. If, uh, if you don't know, and I'm hoping that you do know, I was away from the Jupiter Station for the week. I was visiting my family in the great state of Arizona in the fine city of Phoenix, Phoenix is about 13 hours in the car away from the Icy Robots Earth Station here in Santa Rosa, California. It's an arduous drive. You go over mountains. You go through the desert. First, you go through L.A. and there's a mountain you have to go through to get to L.A. And then once you go through there. And then going through L.A. itself is horrible. The traffic there is just, it's its ridiculous. Um... But once you get through there, you have to go through another desert. I think it's like the Mojave Desert. I don't even know. And then once you get into Arizona, more desert until you get to Phoenix. It's harsh. It's, uh, it's the kind of journey where you could fully die. If you, you know, if you weren't in a car, if you were just going, like, on a horse or something, you, you, I don't know. You could run out of water and croak. It's hard. I am used to the nice Mediterranean climate here in Northern California, and anytime. Anytime it gets a bit hot or it gets a bit windy, I just, I don't know, man. I get all, 
all uh, out of sorts. Anyway, though, we decided to go and drive there, and we made it. We made it there, and we made it back, and what I found out about Phoenix is it's a really nice town, man. I did not know what it would be like. I sort of saw... I kind of had an idea that it would be like a desert wasteland, but it was really cool, man. We had a really great time. The temperature there was... It was in the 70s the whole time, which is fantastic. My parents live on a golf course with a nice view. We had a great time. I found a really fantastic comic book shop called All About Books and Comics. They had a great selection of new stuff. They had toys. They had graphic novels. Really well organized. Really well put together. And the staff was cool. Super awesome and polite. And then this is the cool part. Right next door. Well, it's like one side business over. They have uh, what they call the outlet store. It's a small building. It's like a closet. It's, I don't know, man. It's maybe like... 10 by 10, it is really small, but it is jam-packed with long boxes full of comics. And everything in the store is 99 cents. You cannot beat that. It's just, it is a comic book picker's delight. I spent like two hours in there just flipping through the books, flipping through the boxes. I love nothing more than flipping through long boxes of comics. I just, I like to read comics. I'm not too picky, anything fun is, you know, good enough for me, and I found a bunch of cool stuff, bunch of cool, uh, like the Secret War, the recent Secret War, uh, tie-ins, I got a bunch of those, which I didn't want to pay full price for, but I'm more than happy to pay 99 cents, and, I don't know, man, there's a guy who works in there, this older fella has white hair, he was wearing shorts, one thing about Phoenix, everybody wears basketball shorts, everybody wears t-shirts and basketball shorts, which is, you know, my day-to-day attire when I'm, uh, on the Earth station, so I felt like I fit in perfect, but this guy who works in there, he knows what's in the boxes, which is really awesome. Like, I found something, and I was like, hey, man, do you have the other issue of this? And he was able to, he walked right to it, pulled it right out. I gotta say for you, man, if you happen to be listening to this, which I don't think you are, you have my dream job. I would love nothing more than to work inside of a small closet full of comic books. So, if you happen to be in the Phoenix area, I highly recommend All About Books and Comics. The dudes there are great, but that's not why you came here. You came here to get some Tales from the Dig, and, uh... Alright, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. The Dig is what I call the Goodwill Outlet Store. It is the final place things go on their way to die. After an item gets donated to the Goodwill, makes a round through the store, then it gets sent to the Dig. If it doesn't sell at the Dig, it goes to the dump. So, before we left, I did a bit of research on some places we might want to check out in Phoenix. And I decided, hey man, let's see if they have a Goodwill outlet. And guess what? They did. So our first day there, we got up just like we do when we're here on Earth and headed to the dig. Me and the old wife. And well, it was very similar to our dig, but also very different. The way that it was different is that it was twice as big, which means twice as fun. And every two hours, they take every cart. What they do is they bring out big blue carts full of stuff. Giant carts full of merchandise just piled in there. And every two hours, they would take every cart out and replace it with a whole new cart. So every two hours, you got... A whole new store. Here's another cool fact. Their dig shuts down at 9 while ours shuts down at 3. So you get 6 extra hours to dig. How awesome is that? Well, 
Let me start telling you about the actual experience about being at the dig. Coming from a smallish town like I do, I do sometimes get intimidated by big city folks, and I was, I was a bit intimidated going into the dig at first, uh, the people there looked bananas, they looked way crazier than the fools I deal with on a daily basis here at our dig, but... I decided, I said, you know what? You are the king of the dig. You are the man. There is no reason you should ever be afraid of anybody else at any other dig. What they don't know is they should be scared of you. They have no idea who you are. They're going to think you're a chump. So use that to your advantage. Lay low. Stay down in the cut. Get all the good stuff. And get all the good stuff I did. Uh, Let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I will tell you about some of the fun stuff I found and how I got up on it. TDKHS, the advanced videotape for today's VCRs. Blurry pictures cloud your soap operas, get TDKHS and kiss bleeding colors goodbye. Got tape that jitters under pressure? Get TDKHS for a solid 10 performance. Got blizzards of TDKHS for no snow video. Step up to TDKHS. It's perfect for today's VCRs. TDK is the brand of tape we use up here on the station. So good on you, TDK, for making a quality product. So, all right, we get uh, we get to the dig, walk in the door, and the place is enormous. It is so big, and everybody is already lining up. They're getting ready to bring out new product right as we come in. So I kind of push my way in there, sort of try to get near the front, but I couldn't get all the way in. I was maybe like three rows back. So I'm watching them pull the stuff out, and as the cart rolls by me, I see a Fisher-Price Adventure People boat. I can see it sticking out, and I'm like, I want that boat. I don't know what else is in there, but I want that boat. So I'm sitting, standing, rather, waiting, and they bring out, I don't know, man, like another 30 carts. I'm not exaggerating. They brought out so many things. At our dig, there's maybe 15 carts total, and this place had, I'm thinking like 60 carts. It was enormous. So I'm watching them bring out all the carts. I'm seeing what everybody's observing, what they want. People always talk about what they want, so I got an idea that they were looking for, like, home stuff, furniture stuff. I don't know if there were a lot of, like, professional uh, thrifter types in there. So at our dig, after they bring out the last cart, one of the people who works there says, okay, go, please walk. And everybody kind of, you kind of speed walk out there and you, you, as fast as you can, but nobody runs. You're just kind of walking quickly. But as soon as they put the last cart out, the people at the dig in Phoenix run like maniacs. I'm not kidding. It was like a full-on sprint. And, hey, man, win in Rome. So I started sprinting, too. I'm like, I want that boat. So I'm running. Like, I'm running past people. Like, I feel like I'm in the NFL. I'm, like, pushing and weaving, doing the Heisman pose. I'm, like, stiff-arming ladies trying to get over there. I got to do what I got to do, man. You got to do what you got to do to get that stuff. So... I fight my way over to the Fisher-Price boat, grab it out. I'm like, yes, I got it. And to me, this would be a good enough score, like a really nice condition 70s toy. 
is a fun score for the day at the day, considering you're going to pay like 50 cents. So I pull it out, yes. But then I, 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 I peer deeper into the pile, and I see a lot more Fisher-Price stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I pulled out a helicopter. I pulled out a fire truck. I pulled out a safari van. I pulled out a motorcycle. All in all, I got nine vehicles. I couldn't hold them in my arms. There were so many. I had to call the wife over to help. I'm like, here, take some of this. Take some of this. So she's grabbing it, and we're digging, and we're digging, and we find more. More vehicles. I could not believe it. It was one of my all-time favorite dig scores. I have so many Fisher-Price adventure people things here. I only found one person, which is a shame, but I got a million people already. I don't have so many vehicles. Oh yeah, oh snap. In the vehicles, I got one of the ones I've always wanted. I could have got it on eBay if I wanted to, but I'm more of a, I want to find it out in the wild. I got the TV van. I have loved this set ever since I was a kid. I had a friend who had it and I coveted it so bad. I don't know why. It's just like a TV van with a camera, like, one of the doors turns around and there's, like, an editing bay and it comes with a big camera. Also, like, a small handheld camera and, like, a tower you can put on top of the van to get, like, a higher vantage point to film from and I got it. I found it there. I've wanted to, uh, I have wanted this, I'm not kidding, since the 70s and now, now it is mine. It did not have the entire TV tower, but it did have the big camera and the small camera. So I'm gonna have to go out and probably probably hit up eBay and buy the newscaster and the driver because, man, I do want to complete this set. It's really great, and I found it. But then, as we're digging, I turn around and I see they opened another door. They opened a giant door, like a pull-up garage kind of door, and there was a whole another room full of stuff. So everybody, like, sees the door open, and it was like a Roman horde going forward, like it, like in a 300, you know, they go, Rah! and everybody pours through this small door into another room that's full of all new stuff. And when I say new stuff, I mean new used stuff, you know, new, uh, newly put out merchandise. This was bananas. This room was like half as big as the first room. So it was like, I couldn't believe it. Run in there. I'm like pulling stuff out. I just... We had such a good time. It was like dig-a-mania. Sadly, the car, we rented a car for the trip, and it wasn't the biggest vehicle, so we couldn't take home as much as we wanted to, and I knew that, so we didn't buy everything I wanted. But I did get the Fisher-Priced vehicles. I got a really neat Bones Brigade, you know, the skate company. I got a Bones Brigade roller skating case. It's like a suitcase. It's black has the logo on it. I got that. I got some videotapes. I found some Lisa Frank stuff. I found, uh, I got some Care Bear stuff. We did so good. I got some Adobe software. That stuff's super expensive. We had such a great day there at the dig, and I think our total was like 12 bucks. Then we went to, uh, we went to Church's Chicken, which we don't have here, and my, uh, the old wife really loves. So we just had a fantastic time at the dig in Phoenix. Um... I think that's about it, man. I think that's all you need to know for this episode of Tales from the Dig. If you happen to be in the Phoenix area, make sure to hit up the Goodwill Outlet store. It's $1.29 a pound. Can't beat it. They also sell snacks, which our dig doesn't do, so I got some peanuts. Got to get my strength back up. But, man, we had a good time. We actually went back for a second round a couple days later just to see what was up. Didn't find as much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you this. As we were walking out, you know, we had all of our stuff. We put it in a box. We're getting ready to go. We're going to go pay. I see a bag out of the corner of my eye. And I go, that's Fisher Price stuff. And I pull it out. It was like a giant Ziploc bag full of Fisher Price Adventure People accessories. There were backpacks, sleeping bags. I got a tent. I got the tent 
with all four sleeping bags. I got the camping accessories. There were two dogs. This bag was better than all the vehicles because I have vehicles, I have people, but I have very little accessories or I had very little accessories. Now I got a ton. What a great day. We had a fantastic time with the dig. So uh, let's move forward into the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report. I cannot stress the importance of becoming a show patron. You can go on over to supportthereport.com and look into that. Uh, we can always use the help. We can always use the cash flow. So now we are at the end of the show. We are here for the Toys R Us Report, and we are going to talk about, um, well, the first thing I got on the docket here is the release dates for all of the Funko reaction figures for the great upcoming uh, year of, what is it, 2016? 2016. So let's take a peek at that really quick. So first off, we're going to get a three-pack, an Aliens three-pack with uh, the Power Loader, the Alien Queen, and Ripley. That is bound to be a cool set. I'm always into it whenever they make any kind of like a reaction vehicle. I am looking forward to that Power Loader. I'm really looking forward to the Alien Queen uh, as well. Then right after that, in July, we're going to get Chucky. I'm not a big fan of Chucky. I don't know, man. That whole scary doll thing's not my deal. Then also in July, we're going to get Nightmare Before Christmas Series 2. I'm not, I like the movie, but I'm not so much into the toys. But the next one's kind of cool. In August, we are going to get Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That should be fun. Then late in the summer, early fall, there's going to be The Addams Family. Also in the late summer, early fall is going to be E.T. That should be cool. I think I'd like a... I wouldn't mind a small E.T. And then after that in August, there's going to be The Dark Crystal. And then Back to the Future 2. That should also be fun. And then right after that, we're going to get the first series of Star Trek The Next Generation. That also should be pretty sweet. But I'd rather they made another series of uh, the original show. I need my check off. But who do you think is going to be in this one? Let's see. Probably Picard, Riker, Troy, and uh, Dr. Crusher. I don't know. Picard, uh, Riker, um... Let's see, maybe Mr. O'Brien and Worf? I don't know. Whatever it is, it will be fun. I, I, I like Star Trek, so I don't mind. And then the one that I am most looking forward to in fall of 2016, we're going to get the A-Team. I love the A-Team so much. We're going to get Mr. T, probably. Hannibal Murdoch face. This is going to be great. We can only hope that it does well and they do eventually grace us with the famous van. That will be so much fun. I am uh, head over heels about that. And then in the fall, winter 2016, we're going to get American Psycho. That's pretty cool. I do like that movie. And then Wave 1 of The Godfather is going to drop in fall, winter of 2016. Let me get rid of this. Crumple, crumple, crumple into the garbage. I don't know, man. We kind of went over on a lot of the earlier topics. So we're going to have to cut the show short. But at least we did get to talk about the reactions. I didn't get to talk about some of the cool stuff I got when I was in Arizona. Let me see if I can get through it really quick. At the comic shop I went to, I got two volumes of the DC Showcase. That's those really big black and white books. They're like 500 pages. I got two volumes, volume one and volume two of The Unknown Soldier. I love 
the Unknown Soldier, and someday I do plan to do a who's who in the DC Universe on him. It's going to be great. I got some issues of Miracle Man. My uh, old wife got uh, the first few issues of Hellcat. She's been reading that, and she does enjoy it. Um, we hit up like five or six Toys R Us there, and I will tell you this. They all have the exact same things. Kind of a bummer. I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe I'd get something different, but I did not. So, that wasn't a waste of time, but it was still kind of fun. I, one thing I want to say is... The Toys R Us's in different regions are a lot cleaner than the one that I have here on the uh, in good old Santa Rosa. That's kind of a bummer to me. The one here is such a mess all the time. That store is just so bombed out. And every other one we saw was great. And we saw them all the way from Southern California up into Arizona. So, I don't know, man. Who's ever the manager of the Santa Rosa store, you need to get your posse uh, doing some uh, housework in there. It is a mess. Anyway, my guys... We're going to head out of here. This is me, Icy Robot, signing off for Iceberg 13. This is the Toys R Us Report, episode number 74. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an Icy Robots radio production.